You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, uh, I said a few days ago that the Chris Wallace interview with Donald Trump would be studied in journalism classes. Maybe this is my teacher instinct of what will end up in classes. But but I think it's interesting. You know, there are certain things over the years. We still think about the Kennedy-Nixon uh, debate from uh, uh, the 1960 election. So I thought that was important. But I think there's a new one. The video that uh, Joe Biden and Barack Obama released today, I think is going to be a lesson in how to campaign online, uh, digitally, in a whole new look. And I'll I'll give you a quick example of why I think that, although there are many points that we're probably going to want to hit on. One of them is just visual. If you picture the big kind of the master shot is the two of them sitting in this room. There's an American flag in the middle. It is a totally parallel shot. I, our listeners should know that besides theology, I teach film. This is the most parallel shot ever. Everything is totally in balance. They are properly spaced apart. And everything about it says stability, well-constructed. And so visually, we know from the beginning, darn, these are two guys that could put this country back together which I think, I, I guess I'm interested in your thought, I think that's their message. Not that two guys could do it, but that Joe Biden is the guy who can put this back together. Am I reading it right? You know, that's so interesting. When I, so I haven't seen it all. I know you watched it all today. I just didn't have time. But I did see the opening shot when they were getting off separate elevators, yep. walking down the hall with their masks on. And one of the things that struck me was how cool Barack Obama is. Like, we forget so that he has that funny saunter, the way he walks, and walking down the hall and and then into the room. So, like, just the visuals of it. And so one of the thoughts I had is Barack Obama sees Joe Biden as his equal and his partner, And that has to be reassuring to people to think, and this is not just Democrats, there's a lot of um, independents as well. Wow, we could use a guy like that right now. We could, and we we could use somebody who worked well in the Obama administration. And it's one thing to tell us uh, we work together in this video, We got to see them working together, sitting, talking, exchanging ideas. And I thought it was a really powerful image that said, okay, that's how it will work. I I like that. I like that a lot. Do you think it means that uh, or Obama is signaling that he will be available to consult, to advise I think there's a touch of that, but there was a line that he said, and, you know, I think both of you and I uh, share the opinion. 
Barack Obama doesn't waste words. He knows what he's saying. And at one point, he says, and you'll put a team back together. Uh, I think that means something for certain. You'll get back together that group that was the group that bailed us out of the 2008 uh, uh, recession, the group that kept us calm, the group that had no indictments, no convictions over the time they were, uh, were in office. And I think Americans would say, great, bring them back, get every single one of them and put and them all back in. It. the guy who was ahead of the Ebola task force, that was actually that was Biden's chief of staff that ultimately was assigned to head up that task force. I think that's right. I that's a line that stuck with me uh, because, honestly, as a progressive, there were some of those people that I didn't care for. No, me and neither. And some of the ways that that was handled in terms of the banking system, people progressives still complain about it. But if you're looking at the cataclysm that we are looking at, I think it's very comforting to think that Biden worked with these guys before, guys and women, because that was a, an administration heavily populated by women as well, and that he has relationships with all these folks. And, you know, when you hear these folks interviewed, whether it's Susan Rice or any of the rest of them, they were like, yeah, I've worked with Joe Biden. I have the utmost respect for Joe Biden. But what's really the <clears throat> best seal of approval you can get? Not just for Democrats, but anyone that isn't a Trumpster. Right now, it's Barack Obama. You know, I also felt uh, these are kind of some of the overall messages. But I thought the conversation between the two of them laid out a roadmap of what this campaign was going to be. And I think he did it intentionally. And what interested me so much was the tremendous amount of time they spent talking about health care. They talked about personal stories. Uh, Joe talked about uh, the last months of his son's life. Uh, Obama went at length talking about how the ACA was what he called a starter house. You get that first house, it gets you going. And he said, Joe, you and I used to talk about it. And I used to tell you, it, this is just our starter house. We're going to build up. Now, that answers several things. First, it's a direct answer to the campaign. And what are you going to do about getting us to universal health care? I think they're saying, we're going to get there to universal health care. But in Obama fashion, we had to be reasonable and prudential. We had to buy a starter house before we got, got a McMansion. But I think it's also signaling that being against Trump is not going to be the only issue this fall. Healthcare, just like it was in 2018, is going to be a key issue. Do you think so? Do you think that's the right idea? I think so, because to just be against Trump, it's not enough. You know, people, particularly progressives and and particularly young progressives, they want more. They want to know what are you going to do about the environment? And what are you going to do about universal income and inequality? These are issues that the pandemic may have pushed off the side, to the side, but a lot of progressives have not forgotten about them. 
nor do they think you lose the moment, this moment. Mm -hmm. So there's pressure on Biden. Obama doesn't solve all those problems for him because he put off a lot of what people expected him to do because of the crisis. Can we do that again? Can we lose the moment again? That's the question that Biden has to answer. So it's a very interesting reflection on their conversation that maybe they were saying, now's the time. Now's the time. And I think, you know, if you and I were advising them, uh, if I was, I would tell him, it is time to connect the dots that part of the problem of the pandemic in this country and why we are the worst in the world, a lot of it Donald Trump owns, but part of it is our health system. And as soon as we say that, people jump up and say, we have wonderful doctors, I love my doctors. Doctors are not the only part of this health system. Supply, logistics, availability of health to people, availability of testing, uh, all the things that come along, universal health care is only one part of that. We have a healthcare system, I'm gonna sound like Bernie Sanders here, that is favoring the millionaires and the billionaires. <laughs> and, uh, but in fact, we're spending more money on healthcare than anybody in the world. And yet we allowed a pandemic to run so wild that we are now at 4 million cases. And 25% of those have come up in the last, I think it's the last 17 days. It's, it's totally out of control. And I really think we have to connect the dots on that to say, we have to reconsider the way our health system works. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I think that Sanders has talked about, and certainly um, a lot of thinkers have written about, is the um, perverse incentives that our system has. So right now you have the healthcare suffering right? The healthcare system, the payment for services suffering because so much of the, um, the, so many of the resources are being sucked up by COVID. In other words, operating rooms are sitting silent while we're waiting for COVID patients to come in, or you can't get in to get your cancer treatment because of COVID, all this. So, you know, healthcare, they still got to make their money and they nickel and dime us. And what do we care? We don't care because we're not paying for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Also, there's all these perverse incentives. It's like um, our brother Ray always says, if you were inventing, you know, you were creating a system, you'd never create this one. If someone no. gave you the blueprint of it, you're like, no, that won't work. Yeah. That's not no, a no, good no. system. No, so- not, not happy with it at all. So I, I, but I think your analysis is right. I think that's that's exciting. I got to tell you, this this is kind of my flimsy argument, conspiracy theory, maybe unproven assertion of the day right now. Uh, at one point, uh, Biden says to Obama, they were talking about the pandemic, and he says, "We left a plan, didn't didn't we?" And so, absolutely, uh, and uh, Obama goes into considerable detail. We had 45 people in China uh, watching for pandemics, which of course, Trump took them out and closed that office. We had done all these and we cooperated with everybody uh, around the world. You know, I always think that you can explain a lot of what Donald Trump does by simply looking at what Barack Obama had done and Trump is gonna do the opposite. 
And I wonder if some of that early reaction against the pandemic was, I am not following anything Barack Obama said, any plan he left, anything he had to say. If he said there might be a pandemic coming, that's all I need to know. It's a hoax. What do you think? Am I crazy? I, I don't know. I mean, he certainly has done that everywhere else. Why wouldn't he have done that there? There's probably even some reporting on that somewhere. But, you know, all this stuff gets lost, doesn't it? Yep. Because of the the onslaught every single day. We're in the middle of this pandemic, and then we hear he's trying to get the Brits to hold the British open. And no. up. You know, I mean, it's like you can't, you can't even process. A federal judge lets Michael Cohen out today because he said that was wrong to throw him back in jail for, you know, wanting to exercise his First Amendment rights. It's just you don't even know what to do with all the information. Our brains are not big enough. Maybe Trump's is, but ours are it, not big enough. No, it's not. And you know what I think of? My partner uh, has a, a beagle puppy, 11 months old now. Its name is Peanut. Her name is Peanut. And when Peanut has a lot of energy, especially in the evening, which she always does, man, she tears around that house. And just while you're cleaning up her mess here, she has a roll of toilet paper out of the bathroom. And then she's grabbed something else and she's grabbed a sock. And it's just like this. You know, it's a puppy. It's running around looking for things to screw up. And I look at her sometimes and I think, you're Donald Trump. <laughs> You can do more stupid stuff in one day, and it's just just incredible. And it's exhausting to us. So that's the other reason, back, you know, back to the Obama-Biden uh, conversation. And I did hear a little bit of it where they're talking about empathy and how you meet the needs of the people you're leading. And I thought that's another thing we're looking for so desperately is just calm. I would love for for me and you a year from now to say no podcast because there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, nothing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amazing. Instead, we're going to bring our brother, brother Ray on and he's going to talk about bad music from the 1960s. Exactly. Because we, be awesome. <laughs> we don't have anything else. That gives us a chance to credit again. Uh, we have a new intro that we're really pleased with and that booming, beautiful radio voice that belongs to our brother, Ray. So, so, so is Trump on tonight? Again? He is. And we've got to get in there and see him pretty soon. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, like you said, it was kind of boring, but what the heck? <laughs> he'll break soon. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. Talk Bye. to you. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.